This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Iruta here with Digital Marketing Fastlane. Today I have a very special guest, someone I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, Jessica Totillo Coster from e-commerce badassery. She helps other e-commerce founders grow their traffic sales and obviously make them profit, which is what all e-commerce founders are probably listening to right now want to make more of, which is more profit. Jessica, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your background and maybe how you got started into this whole e-commerce journey. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I'm excited to chat with you. I'll go way far back just to kind of set the stage as I used to sleep in my new shoes as a little girl. (laughs) And so it was really no surprise when I ended up going to school for fashion merchandising. And, you know, I was super excited when I got my first retail job at my favorite store when I was a teenager. I thought it was so cool. I just continued down the retail path and I just was always in love with it. And, you know, when I went to college, digital marketing, e-commerce wasn't really a thing, but I knew that I didn't want to get left behind in this brick and mortar world, right? I knew I had to keep up. And so I just focused on learning a lot on my own. I'm very self-taught, then used my corporate experience, which was three years of being the only employee of a seven-figure e-commerce store. I cried a lot (laughs) in that job. (laughs) It was very stressful. But once we realized, okay, this thing has leg, let's start investing into it. And we invested into a lot of consultants and I got to work with some amazing people. And while I knew some stuff before, I know a lot more now. And while I loved what I did, I didn't love who I did it for, right? Mm. I was really just sick of the corporate rat race. Yep. And I actually started e-commerce badassery by accident. MailChimp and Shopify broke up. Oh, yes. I remember that. That was remember a few. That? When was that? Was it a year yeah. ago? It was about two-ish years ago, I think. Oh, really? Wow. It's that long. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And entrepreneurs were freaking out and didn't know what to do. And I was in all of these entrepreneurial Facebook groups because I knew knew that I was going to have my own business again. This is not my first own business. I've been through this before, but I just didn't know what it was going to be, right? I had done the brick and mortar boutique thing right before I left New York to escape the winter. And I just didn't know what was going to be next. But I just started talking to people about the platform that I was using, that I had been using in the business I worked for and was loving and found so much success with. And then people started messaging me and asking me if I could help them. All right. My very first client who I still work with, my access to her email platform is my personal email address. I didn't have anything set up at all. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how I got started. My e-com experience comes from. So basically a long time in e-commerce and really, I guess you really found your niche with this email marketing and then the big thing that happened with uh, MailChimp and and Shopify. If people listening, that was a really big deal for a lot of e-commerce owners. And what platform are you using now, Jessica, for all this email stuff? What's like the platform of choice? I am Clavio's number yeah. one unofficial I, fan. I thought it was going to be Clavio. I was like, okay, I don't <laughs> want to say it. Clavio's awesome. I love Clavio. It's a really great tool. And for people listening, maybe something to think about is Shopify. MailChimp was like the beast of email marketing. Everybody used MailChimp. 
And it's crazy to think about the growth that Clavio has and how, if you think about product roadmaps, email marketing is a company, your company A, Clavio, your company B, MailChimp, you're still email marketing, but your product roadmaps, the way your founders think of growing the business is so different. And you can see this is why the top leaders or people in your team can really make or break a company, right? The MailChimp, was it a good decision to break from Shopify? Maybe for them. But then what happened was that Shopify, Clavio came in and swooped in and basically almost yeah. every Shopify owner uses Clavio now, not MailChimp. When that happened, I was still working in my day job. We were a big business. So I had a Clavio rep that I talked to every month. And I remember getting on my monthly call with him. I just said, I was like, so are you guys really busy right now? And yeah. he just bust out laughing because everyone was making the switch. And I think yeah. what sets Clavio apart is just because it's built specifically for e-com versus yep. just tacking on some e-com features. And I'll tell you, I was on an enterprise platform, but I was locked into a year long contract and it was coming down to the wire. And it was like, okay, I either have to resign or I need to move. And I just I couldn't stand that platform and I moved and Clavio has more features than that much more expensive enterprise platform who I won't yeah. name. Clavio won a lot of things. They direct integration was a key thing for Shopify owners. You could do all this stuff with MailChimp or other platforms, but Clavio just made it so easy. And again, they basically gave you enterprise features consumer product, which is awesome. And people are realizing that small businesses are actually want to make money and they want to learn this stuff and they want a software that's cheap and efficient and effective. So let's talk about email marketing. How do you think about it? And sort of like, I know from just talking to you, listening to you, that email marketing, I think is probably one of the best ways to market a brand. And maybe it's an underutilized thing that brands do. How are you thinking about Clavio? How do you think about maybe talk to us like the process of how do you use email to generate more revenue? For sure. So, and my background, that job I had, we were a restricted business that couldn't do ads on Facebook and Instagram, mm. et cetera. So email was a really, really important channel for us. And so once we had an ops manager and I could just focus on marketing, I dug really, really deep into email. And the way I like to tell people to approach it is it's a two-way conversation. I know it doesn't feel like it. It feels like you are just talking at someone, but there's so much data that is giving you feedback. So whether they opened it, did they click it? Did they buy what you featured or did they buy something else? And so if you can think of it more as a two-way conversation and that there is a human on the other side of that email, that's where I like to start. And I think what I find the people that I work with, they're solopreneurs, maybe they have a small little team and they're just overwhelmed. They don't yep. know what to say. They don't want to be annoying. And I hear those same common things, but one is they signed up for your email list. So they raise their hand to say, I want to know more about you and what you have to offer me. And two, that no one is paying as close attention to you as you are paying attention to you. <laughs> no matter what your business is, I know you feel like you've told your story 1200 times, but people probably didn't hear it. So I think the short story is that we overthink this a little bit and it doesn't have to be so hard. I use email to create relationships, to solve people's problems and let them know that I'm here to support them. And sometimes it's just about staying top of mind with people when they're ready to buy, you're the first person they think of. So important. I think not everybody's going to see that email the first time or the second time. And that story you said, oh, I don't want to tell them my story again. I think this mostly happens kind of like a founder that's been in the business for five years. Oh, I kind of keep saying my story for the past five years. You feel you told and everybody knows it, but for every year you're getting brand new customers that 
have never known about your product, who you are, and you constantly need to tell them why you, why your brand, why your company. The best brands repeat their marketing message over and over again in order to truly understand this is it. Just a quick story here for email marketing. We do a lot of email marketing here. Skier, we use Drip and we're selling new podcasts out. Obviously, we send newsletters out, new articles. Just this week, I was speaking to somebody, kind of what you're saying before, Jessica, it's a two-way conversation. We send out an email list and then they'll say, hey, Kevin, let's get on a call to chat about your services. Obviously, we do Facebook ads. I spoke to the founders. We've been reading your stuff for two years. I came so excited to get on a call with you and talk to you. And now we're working together. I didn't know for two years you're listening to my stuff. I've never heard from them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yes. So. Keep showing up even when you think nobody is listening because you really don't know. People are very voyeuristic. They lurk. Yep. They're watching. They're just not responding. And that story about me sleeping in my new shoes as a little girl, I tell that story all the time. I've mentioned on my podcast, I've posted it 12 times on Instagram. <laughs> And the last time I posted it, someone who's been following me since I started this business, which is about two years ago, comments and says, oh, I used to sleep in my new shoes as a little girl too. I thought I was the only one. That's not the first time she's seen it, but it's the first time it clicked for her. And I've been surprised too by how some of my emails, people respond to them. Do you remember that email you sent? That email was from a year ago. I have no clue what I sent a year ago, but that's what they're thinking about. It's like when you do YouTube content, I do a lot of YouTube content. You do a lot of podcast content and people reference an episode. This is so long. I've done a hundred episodes, <laughs> yeah, but for them, it's top of mind. But yeah, Jessica, can we talk a little bit more about, I was reading Clavio. What are some flow? or things that people should be doing that's going to make them more money. Absolutely. So there are six basic flows that I set up for an e-commerce store. Some of them are going to make more money than others. Some of them are really just about building the relationship. So of course you need a welcome series and we can go in deeper into these, but let me, I'll name them first. So you've got your welcome series. I always do a browse abandonment and a checkout abandonment. And we can talk about the difference in those. You have your post-purchase, which this one is so, so mm -hmm. important. And I think we're not taking advantage advantage of it enough. That's where you're really building a solid relationship with your customer. I always do a never purchase series, which I'll tell you, it doesn't make a lot of money, but it's just one more touch point at that last ditch effort to get someone to buy from you. And then a win back when it comes to creating flows, if you're an e-commerce business, you can pretty much start with those standard ones, but you really have to look at your business, your product, your customer journey, and figure out what do they need to hear from you at what step in their mm -hmm. journey with you. And for something like that, when you're thinking about what do they need to hear from you, how are you thinking about the content of this? How should the owners be thinking about the content? For example, a browse abandonment means they went to the product page and then they didn't check out or and they didn't like do anything, right? For this type of content, you're thinking about maybe more information about the product and should it be so custom or tailored or should you just have like templates in Klaviyo for that type of stuff? So how I usually approach it, it's going to depend a little bit on how wide the product assortment is. But when you're talking about a browse abandonment and if you're using using Klaviyo mm -hmm. for this, for example, that browse abandonment event is just attached to one individual product that they mm. looked at. And it's the first product. They're just getting acquainted. And maybe that's not even the product that they want to buy, but I'm still going to hit them with that browse abandonment email. And I am going to focus it around that particular product. And then I'm also going to show them some other related items. And depending upon how much data you have, you can actually show them their recent 
recently viewed items. You can do that in Klaviyo, or you can just throw in your best sellers as well. So I think of the browse abandonment. It's just a gentle nudge. They're browsing mm-hmm. your store. Maybe their kid is pulling on their leg or they got distracted by an Instagram notification. So it's just like that gentle reminder. Hey, don't forget about us. And I find that that one generates a lot of revenue. Obviously there's these flows in Clavios. How many emails per flow are you doing on average? Two, three, four, five, ten. It's a card abandonment. How do you think about this? And is it different for every sort of flow? So it is a little bit different for each flow in business, but in general, I would say a welcome can be probably averages out at around five. My browse abandonment, probably no more than two. My checkout abandonment is going to be around three. My post-purchase, that really depends on how complicated your product is because for the post-purchase email, I like to approach it as what does the customer need to know and understand to have a good experience with your product so they come back and leave you a good review? That could be education. That could be a lot of education, depending on how complicated it is, right? And I have a story around that. Or it could just be about getting them more in your ecosystem, on your social, or if you have a Facebook group or some sort of community around your brand and product. And really, it's you got that first purchase. That's a huge, amazing feat. It's the hardest one to get, but it's almost as hard to get the second one too. That makes sense. And then you sort of touch an important point here, which is some of the e-commerce companies, having some sort of community is so helpful because it gives you great content, great images, great photos for other parts of your business as well. So with email, we've seen it that way, a way to funnel people into the community that you have uh, going on. With Clavio Flow, they're more one-offs. You kind of set them up once and then you set and forget it in some way or come back every six months. Is that how you're thinking about it? Or sort of people visiting these flows every few days, few months? How are you thinking about that for business owners? That way they're not stale. So it depends how much traffic you have and how much data you have. I like to say they're set it and forget it-ish because you do have to go back and optimize. And here's the thing is you can set up what you think is the most amazing flow ever, (laughs) but you need data to see are people opening it, clicking it, et cetera. So I would say when you can get 100 to 200 people through them, whether that's in a week or maybe that's two months, that's when you should go back and start looking at them when you have a decent amount of data to see see, but definitely at a minimum, I would look at them quarterly because the other thing to remember is, and the pandemic, I'm sure uh, who's sick of talking about it, but it's true. (laughs) Things changed. Customer priorities changed. The things that mattered to them changed. And so we as marketers had to change our messaging to match that. If there's something big happening, you may have to go update what you wrote six months ago, two years ago, it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. The whole COVID thing, people have to update their timelines and everything going on here. I guess another question for you, probably maybe the last one, how do you think about campaigns? And these are obviously the one-offs. How should someone be thinking about those? Should you be hiring a copywriting for that? Should they be personalized? What are your thoughts on campaigns for e-commerce brands? Flows are definitely going to be important for you. And they're going to make up a very big Mm -hmm. chunk of your total email revenue. But campaigns, when you are sending them regularly, they can make up a very big chunk of your revenue too. So this is where I see people actually get caught up the most. I like to kind of zoom out when I'm planning. And this is what I used to do when I was running all the emails. We had 250,000 subscribers. We were sending three to four emails a week on top of all of our flows. And we had probably 500 SKUs. We had a lot of different customer avatars, but take zoom out, do this for a month at a time. And 
I really start by plugging in. What are my important dates? What are the things that I know I have to hit? So that's going to be my big holidays. That's going to be anything specific to my brand. Like if we're doing some sort of event or a virtual event, or maybe there are some social media holidays that I want to attach my brand to and speak to, because it makes sense for my customer. And I find that when you start there, you're going to have a Mm -hmm. pretty full email calendar pretty quickly. And then I go and I fill it in with, okay, maybe I'm going to do some product recommendations and I'll just let the Clavio algorithm do that for me. That's really great. When you have all of your creative juices are tapped, just come up with a fun subject line and throw in some product recommendations. You're good. Clavio do the work for you. I'm also going to look at how can I add value? What else is important to your customer that's related to your product? So if you sell activewear, they're going to care about fitness. If you sell skincare, they're going to care about beauty, looking and feeling good. For me, I'm really talking to CEOs about keeping time for themselves, self-care and all that. And you're a solo entrepreneur. So think about what else they care about and fill in your calendar with that kind of content. And here's the deal. Not every email has to be asking for the hard sell. Not every email has to have a featured product, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to come to your website and buy just because you popped up in their inbox maybe more technical about some of these emails because that's a great way to think about the content that you want to write and sort of gives you a content calendar essentially. Who should this email be coming from? The founder? Someone in the team? How do you sign off these emails? How do you think about that? I think it depends on your brand and how much of yourself you're going to put into it. I tell my solopreneur clients, put as much of yourself in the brand as you're comfortable with and then do it a little bit more because Mm -hmm. you are truly what sets you apart from your competition. If you're a bigger business, like the brand that I used to work for, there really was no sign off unless it was a really special Mm. message. So when we were messaging about COVID and what we were doing on our end, or we were messaging about BLM, that was from the founder that needed to be coming from him. So it just really depends on your business. But if you're comfortable making it from you and you're going to be the face of your brand, just do it and go all in and do it. That totally makes sense. Jessica, of course, something like this sounds like a lot of work. You help founders do this type of stuff. Where can people go to maybe contact you, learn more about you, learn about your process to do this for them? Yeah, for sure. So you can go to ecommercebedassery.com. That's my website and I'll have all the information on there. But if you want to get a little bit of a jump start on your own, you can go to ecommercebedassery.com forward slash fast lane. And that's where you can sign up for my free resource library. It has every freebie I've ever created <laughs> about nice, growing yeah. your traffic sales and profit in your e-commerce store. And there's a ton of content in there about email. And I just wanted to remind you that it does doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to be super fancy in the beginning. You just start off, get content out there and you'll continue to refine as you have more data and have a better understanding of your customer. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate having you on. Guys, remember that's ecommercebadassery.com. You can learn all about Jessica. You can contact her and see all her services and her offerings. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.